before I forget that. Then I have to go to Facebook Live. Uh, if, if everyone went to not video, would it show just me and you? No. No, okay. Yeah, I, you know, if you can, it would be nice to see your faces. Uh, I'm going to make you an admin, Lawrence, so you can admit people in. Okay. You know everyone. when they are right, making you co-hosts. So hopefully you can admit people and just let oh. them know to switch off their things. Gosh. Bing bong, bing bong. This is where I wish I had a, a, a producer. <laughs> someone playing background music. Exactly, someone playing back, and also just doing all this fiddly Facebook malarkey. It's just like, there needs to be an easier way to get a Zoom call onto Facebook Live. Right, three, two, Everyone, makeup, faces, looking good, looking beautiful, beautiful, happy people. Think, think fire festival. Um, <laughs> Don't think fire festival. <laughs> right. We are live on Facebook. It's, it's, it's going, it's kicking off, it's kicking off. Well, am I, ha is, is it, does it say live at your end? Yeah. All right, I'm just, just checking that it's saying live at my end before we, we look like we're yeah 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 it's all on live on facebook right boom yeah uh if you are on the call ah, i'm just gonna admit some more people um hello everyone if you just joined could you please mute your mics um uh, and also in the meantime feel free to oh, actually please just say hi in the chat uh, share your name where you're calling in from um and then if you have any questions or things that you'd like to ask also stick those in the chat maybe if you can help me monitor those Lawrence that'd be great yeah um what sounds like hospitals <laughs> I'm really getting sidetracked by the chat I'm gonna ignore the chat go away chat go away chat <laughs> we've got a really structured hey. program of topics and conversations that we're gonna go through not uh let's start off how you doing Lawrence I'm okay why are we doing this? Why are we talk about that? This? Why are we doing this? Um, yeah, well, why, why are we doing this? We've been on the radar for a while to have a space to ramble. Um, it feels like at the moment we're all in need of a bit of connection. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we do have a purpose to this. I think more than anything, it's just a space to us to share what's come up for us over the last couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, give you guys a chance to. Um, Get answer questions later on but more than anything i think it's just kind of what's come up for us in terms of uh, core themes over the week or so how we're feeling and what that means for us what that means for everyone really like our community our families you know everyone's going through this at the moment feeling it so um yeah more than anything it's a space for us just to offload and in the hope that it maybe helps others but if not then um, maybe a space for you to offload too yeah so it sounds like this is really about public therapy for me and you uh, so this is going to be live on air every week. Me and Lawrence bitching at each other because the shit hits the fan. And we think, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on with the world? And I hate this job. Get me somewhere <laughs> out. Get me out of here. Eleanor, where, uh, wherever Eleanor Tweddle is with her, another door. I need, I need a new job. <laughs> need another door to go into. I need another door to go into. Yeah, um, um, so yeah, if you're helping, if you're helping people navigate redundancy that's probably a good industry to be in right now yes well for me that's an interesting point actually around um people acting very quickly uh, from a state of fear and like get jumping on whether it's like i've got to develop my next online product that helps people work remotely or oh my god uh, my job's in jeopardy or actually i'm going to fire loads of people because you know i'm it's 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 basically there's kind of a, a bit of a panic mode type thing and uh, and while i accept that's you know those are really challenging times particularly you know we know we, we've got people that we know who who are really going to have to make some crunch decisions because of what's happening but at the same time is is 
we have no idea what what's going to be on offer and what's around the corner um so what am i getting at um, i think i'm getting at is like how, how can we check in with ourselves before getting too scared well i think like you said reacting i think um it's easy to dive into doing mode that's what um i think we've seen a lot of and, and we're guilty of that too it's easy to try and fix things try and make ourselves feel better by trying to dive into solutions straight away um and we had this so we're running the, this program online program called 2020 vision and we've got 20 founders we're helping through that and we did have a or have got a, a kind of path for people to follow but the last week or so we just felt it wasn't right to just put more content out and to just say let's just keep going as if nothing's happening and we've just taken a pause on that and actually as a result of that we've ended up getting much deeper as a group bonding much more closely and more than anything just sharing space together just having calls um some silly some emotional but more than anything it's just been like let's acknowledge what's going on um because otherwise particularly when we're helping people into a into a creative process of maybe starting a new business or um creating a new product you can't go into that if you're feeling fear and if you're feeling anxious and if your world around you is crumbling um it's just not a great place to be creative from so um i think it's important to acknowledge like you said that actually maybe we just need to breathe and sit with it and sit with the feeling of uncertainty and be together. And I think that's one thing. Uh, there was a lovely line from Chris Keesley who was on the call a couple of days ago um, when one of the guys on the course was, you know, really struggling with his, like you said, decisions of I've got 50 staff, like the reality of paying the overheads of people who you really care about and, and their salaries is, is hitting home. And she just said, uh, talked about abide, you know, the word abide with or the song abide with me is, just sitting with someone, just being there with them, not trying to fix, not trying to give solutions, but just let's all be in this together. And actually that alone, I've certainly got comfort from the last few days being on those sort of calls and hopefully calls like this where, yeah, if, if we're going to feel shit, it's best we do it together rather than alone. <laughs> there is something about, particularly now that we are socially distancing, social isolation whatever physical distancing physical distancing that's it it's physical distancing not socially distancing because we are with you guys here now on the call so socially we're connected but there's something around that now that if we are if we are stuck in our own spaces or in our own heads how easy that is for us to spin out um and so th that whole thing about taking a pause taking a breath before trying to react and do stuff um that was actually inspired i did a little post about it and that was inspired by a tweet that my wife shared with me. Um, so a fellow academic of hers who works in war zones and works in really times of crisis. And she was talking about how when there's that shift of suddenly there's some, the shit hits the fan. If you don't give your mind time to readjust to the new normal and just plug away as if it, nothing's happened or just try and do the same stuff. So like with us with the 2020 vision program, we've got a whole curriculum structured. We could follow step one, step two, step three, and just plow on as normal without actually acknowledging actually things have changed. Probably people are in a different space. Uh, we could probably put more stuff out and it caused more harm than good. And I think that's for me, the point of all of this is that, um, while we feel the need, okay, we still need to get businesses going and we still need to maybe see opportunities to, to create new businesses and new work, making sure that that's coming from a, the right place for ourselves and that we've checked in and like, okay, how are we feeling? Yeah. <laughs> how, how, are we actually, how are we actually projecting ourselves? Because um, I've seen a lot of people offering help, lots of help, but very relative to the people asking for it is, is quite amazing that not enough people I feel are saying I need this or I need that. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the same. Uh, well, I think it's that thing of everyone's probably got more time on their hands as well. So that's the other interesting thing about the, the cohort we're working with. I mean, the number one reason people haven't, a lot of them haven't kept up to date with the, the curriculum is because we've been so busy, you know, and everyone's got other jobs or other projects or families and, um, and, but now that's not an issue for most people. It's actually, I've got a lot more time on my hand. So all those reasons have fallen away. Um, so actually, I think the natural tendency is like, how can I, how can I help? And I do think, you know, I think there's something, and there's a lovely, I saw someone post on Instagram, there's a quote from the Foo Fighters song, it's times like these, you give and give again, which I really like. I think that idea of, I think you do need to give, but you also, like you said, need to say, actually, I need help too. 
um, which we're all bad at. I don't know if I'm particularly good at that either. Um, but I think what I get energy from is creating spaces where we can actually share those things and say, I think it's difficult to publicly announce you need help. I think it's easier in smaller groups like this, personally, True. for me anyway, because um, it is being vulnerable and, um, I don't know, scary. Yeah. No, no, I think you've got a good point. Actually, it is, it's, it's having a safe space to be able to, to admit that, you know, you need help with something. Um, I find it personally, I, I want to know what help is needed rather than trying to just offer stuff uh and it's very easy you know me and me even we can come up with ideas we are not short of ideas uh, and one of the quotes um that i saw that stuck with me in this post is the the phrase the world is your work so it's actually what's happening around you what's what can you sense that's going on and then say all right how can i help with that mm. not necessarily i got this lovely shiny thing how can i get that out to everyone as much as quickly as possible so that that they mm. that they take it kind of thing so mm. i think that's maybe me and again a part of this for me is like the part of this conversation is like i'm getting triggered left right and center by stuff that's coming up i'm thinking ah don't say that or oh don't say that and it's like ah and is that and that's, that's partly me trying to deal with this experience yeah so, um so yeah but, but going back to your point i think um like for example with us it would be easy for us to go okay events hi one Hey, Juan. Um, yeah, like we've made the decision to, to postpone altitude. We can talk a bit about that later. But, um, you know, events are our bread and butter. And the easiest thing for us to do would be say, okay, there's a gap there. We're going to really have to think creatively to plug the gap financially um, and time-wise. The easiest thing to do would be like, let's just do this instead. Let's do something else instead to fill that gap. Um, but that's just crazy. I mean, it's crazy for so many reasons. One, because we're not coming from a good place. Two, because... People aren't out there thinking, I want to buy something. So, you know, as, as tough as it is for us, like you said, who like doing stuff, to actually say, let's just, let's just pause and, and then lean into it and actually say, yeah, all we can do there is, uh, is kind of um, listen. I think, like you said, try and listen about what is actually going on for people and let's not try and um, solve everything together and just listen and use this time creatively, I think. And that's what I'm, you know, if there's any hope from this, it's, you know, how can we do the things that we never had the time to do? You know, I've read stories about Isaac Newton and people who've used times like this in the past to have real breakthroughs in, in you know, in science or um, in creatively writing books or creating plays. You know, I was chatting to a guy yesterday. He runs a film school. He's, um, Tom has just joined the community. He runs a film school in Bristol and it's a production company with the graduates from the school. And, you know, they've about to hit into their last term of the year and they're all about to graduate and there's not going to be any jobs for them. So he's like, well, maybe write that film, you know, maybe write the script, maybe you this time. And this is, this is your time and you've got no excuses that you know, time is not on your side. So I guess it's like you said, how, and I go back to the lazy guru thing of when you create that space and it's been forced on us, it's not something we've voluntarily done. When you create that space, what emerges and maybe that's the, the scary thing is because when you create space, what emerges tends to be feelings and feelings are scary. And that's the thing, maybe going back to your point about asking for help. That's kind of what I think all of us fear is like, uh, if I really feel the feels, then I'm going to be really opening myself up to, to that, that vulnerability. Mm. And I, there being able to like the whole creating space, whether it's creating space for yourself to just think and be creative and feel the feels also creating space for other people. I just know it's like Beth was saying, she ran a session yesterday and people were grateful just to talk about something else. It's just having that space to just connect. Um, I know for us, one of the things is like we, in terms of the doing things, we could go into doing mode and learn, you know, create new ideas and spot opportunities and how can we fix problems out there in the world. The other aspect in terms of doing mode is like, what, what do we love doing? You know, what's our zone of genius? What is the things that give us energy? And one of the reasons I wanted to do this call and what drove me is like, I love doing this, you know? It's the simplest thing that I feel I can do that I get energy from that I hope would help. And so we don't have to carve out, craft some new uh, product or new idea. It's just like, what, what, are we, what can we simply do? Hmm. And then share that and then do that and see if that actually creates uh, some help or some benefit. Um, 
And for me, the, the sensing thing is like, and I think Beth mentioned what Beth did shows it is that people actually just want to connect mm. and have a space to just share ideas and talk. And that's what we found with the 2020 vision program is like, we just started creating space for conversation and that, that already did a lot without yeah. adding more content and ideas. And we had a dance off. <laughs> Which we should well, do again, more of. We should do more of. And maybe we've got enough people on the call to do that. But that's a good example, I think, of and it's a bit like altitude. When we do altitude, it's it's much for those of you into summer camp, it's much less structured and there's always gaps and people are like, What's going on tonight? We're like, I'm not sure. And then something pops up, like higher, um higher higher I thought we'd join this call, but maybe you'll join the one tomorrow. Um he's like, Oh well I I built a pub quiz app with like fifty thousand pub quiz questions. Should we do that? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> um and when we did this call this week with the buddy group, um, like you said, this idea that it was someone's anniversary and that they wanted us to record a video for them and ended up turning into a, a Bee Gees dance off, um, which was just too ridiculous. And then we had someone join the call who wasn't going to be on the call and they joined in. Serendipity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, can we, should we talk about some positive things? Go for it. Yes. This is about spreading the love. Um, so I was just making note of things that have got me through this week. Um, have any of you seen the Sofa Singers? Um, I think they're on the news, but they're on Instagram too. Sofa Singers is basically an online um, choir, democratic choir where anyone can sign up to a Zoom call and join in a, this kind of mass uh, online choir, which I thought was awesome. And I've seen lots of things like that. I've seen Gary Barlow at home doing a Facebook Live. Did you see that? Um, as well as Chris Martin from Coldplay. Um, lots of silly memes around quarantine like wives kicking their husbands. Uh, <laughs> you know. um, oh, yeah, I did. Actually, was he kicking a ball against the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then she kicked the crap out of him. <laughs> um, but I think just lots of stories of hope as well. I'm sure you've seen the, the Italian family singing across the balconies to each other. Um, what was it Natalia shared yesterday? Did you see that, Carlos, in the group? I don't know. So it was like a rainbow flag on one of the balconies in her town. In Milan, and uh, what was it said? Tutto bene. Yeah, exactly. Everything's going to be okay. Everything will be okay. And I like Vix's mum's quote, which was, "Everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, it won't be the end." <laughs> so yeah, I think things like that, little you know, um, words of wisdom, and I think even in the worst of the situations, like in Italy, there's still that glimmer of hope. It seems like each day is a tiny bit of light which you know gives people that hope um so i think we're all clinging on to that at the moment is because everything's so uncertain um it's like what can you control and, and what are the good stories because you know the news is obviously important to be kept in the loop of but there's definitely a, a point at which it becomes unhealthy i'm sure um each of us has that and i have people sending me news stories and it's like i kind of want to choose to when to read them when i'm feeling that way um, and it's getting that balance, I think, of, of not hiding away from the bad stuff, but not making it the only thing you hear. Totally. Yeah, I think there's, there's I'm finding that uh, this difficulty or this tension between wanting to be informed, but being over-informed. <laughs> and it's like, as soon as I switch on, whether it's social media or even the news, just mm. like, I just want to know what's happening next, but I don't want to hear every potential conspiracy theory out there about why this is happening or what's going wrong mm. but then that's also me i think probably just like hold, trying to hold myself to account and trying not to go down too many rabbit holes and spin out and by the way i just want to say if, if you are watching this on facebook please post a comment and if you've got any questions or if any thoughts you want to share that would be great i saw um alan shared the post by seth godin about the car calm also as a coefficient would be curious to know what that means and maybe put something in the chat to let us work out what you know, you know what's the big takeaway from that uh, beth just said um that in her community someone is they're working on things now that they thought they were that were impossible mm. um so i assume that's they've got the space they feel that now they've got time to think and do stuff that they yeah. they weren't able to do um, and i'm sure every business urgency now, okay um i even so do you see the timeout thing yesterday it's called time in now or for this no. few months so stuff like that, just having to adapt and having to work with what you've got. Um, I'm a member of a gym, I'm sure many of you are, and like, you know, doing virtual classes, like how can you still stay connected to your, your customers, your clients when you can't be um, together in person? 
Um, and even, I mean, this is, I mean, the interesting thing for getting all the, all the tragedy is like, how, how will this all fit back together when it all comes back, whenever that day comes? Um, because I don't think everything will, anything will be the same. If I think of like my kids being at home, um, all the schools having to, you know, learn new technologies to teach online, when you would then go back to the old system, surely a lot of those old systems will seem quite archaic. So I think a lot of the things we're exposed to, new technologies, new ways of doing things, a lot of traditional industries just haven't had to adapt to. And so that is interesting for me in terms of yeah, what the future looks like when you've got that knowledge, when the customers, the pupils in this case, or the teachers have access to that knowledge, would they then start to question the way they did things before? Even exams, you know, exams being cancelled in the UK. Um, is that, you know, is that that important that we measure um, people's education in that way and you know that again might be questioned so whilst there's lots of bad stuff it does make me think that yeah things would definitely be different whether or not we even choose them to be there is an opportunity for change i think uh, it relate, feels like it relates to what now i understand what beth was talking about in terms of you know this sense of we just have to make things happen there's an urgency to get things done and so you actually are you do make the changes that need to be made because there's no option um, yeah have to, you have to in, innovate or die as they say yeah and yeah. and there's some industries that won't uh, well if anything they'll probably do better i'm sure if you've got shares in zoom you'll be doing very or doing very well at the moment um i was actually thinking ryan and swerk here i can imagine they've had a bit of a spike with uh, people exercising at home wouldn't surprise me um if you're working cruises it's probably not the best industry to be in right now i wouldn't have thought um um what was i going to say yeah, yeah i think there's a there's uh, for me there's also an awareness that for some of us this isn't as big a shift you know if you work online a lot you can work remotely um there's an adjustment there is a change but for some people it's a massive change it's mm. like you can't you know if you're a delivery driver or if you work, if you work any in a coffee shop, any kind of like restaurant, hospitality industry, it's properly scary. Yeah. Um, so and, and I think also it's it's not knowing when this is going to end. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, I saw a video yesterday on Facebook Live. Some founder of a restaurant in, in the UK was you know really welling up because yeah he's got um, fifty odd staff. He was like you know. I could keep paying people, but then you don't know when it's going to end. So you want to do the right thing. But actually, as a founder, you could go bankrupt yourself and then end up, you know, your family suffers. And so there's no right or wrong with this. And it's out of our control. Um, so, yeah, I think whatever industry you're in, it's going to be felt either good, bad or, or indifferent. It's how we all come through this together. Um, my brother works in uh, food industry, works for a cash and carry. And he's just like working every hour God sends at the moment. He's like, they're selling a month's worth of food every day. I mean, it's just insane. You know, they can't even get the food quick enough out. All the shops are buying, you know, tenfold what they normally buy. So, you know, certain industries where it's just, they need more people. And, and that's the weird thing is like Amazon food, um, you know, you name it, there'll be a whole bunch of industries, obviously the medical profession where it is like a wartime effort. And that's the crazy thing is, it might be that some of us just have to swallow our pride of it and actually work on things that we wouldn't normally do. But in terms of like the need for it and the, the kind of, uh, I guess the purpose of it is actually probably more profound than any of us could imagine. So I think that's the interesting thing is like, how can we kind of not see it as an opportunity, but just see, okay, where am I needed? And going back to your question about or your concept of um, listening is like, actually let's just see this as life on hold for six months or maybe even longer and see how we can all, do our bit, whatever that looks like. Hmm. God, six months. <laughs> that scares the bejesus out of me. But then go back. I think um, Emma said this. We were chatting on the Mighty Network about it. It's just seeing every day as a gift, but actually just taking each one day as uh, one day at a time. Um, it's like the twelve steps of addiction. You know, recovery is like um, one thing they talk about in recovery is just like one day at a time. Um, I'm not recovering addict, but I know people who have been. And it is that you can't... Recovering doing addict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recovering creative, recovering agency founder. Um, but no, the thing is you can't control what happened in the past. You can't control what happened yesterday. You can't control what happens tomorrow. But you can think about today. And if you ever give up, you know, 
booze, if you were alcoholic, if you give up drugs and you're um, an addict, you can't ever say, I'm not going to drink or take drugs again. You can say, I'm not going to do that today. And I think that's one lesson I think that we can all take is if you look ahead, it's scary. Uh, if you think of that, comparing that to the past, it's probably scary too. Um, and that's what I'm trying to embrace at the moment is like, what am I doing tomorrow? And, and how can I just look forward to that? And, and that brings it back down to enjoying the little things. And, you know, even this morning, like being grateful for coffee and like mm. running water. I mean, it gets to that level of like, how long are we going to have these things? I mean, being grateful for uh, fresh red peppers, as I heard today. Oh, really? Someone at my chiropractor, uh, said I was like at co-op, nothing, saying to me nothing, went to the farm shop, <gasps> cucumbers and red peppers. <laughs> like, whoa. Got vision on their knees, like, you know, sort of hugging. Like, oh! It is crazy. Um, I, I don't know about anyone else on the call, but has the last week felt like a month long? Yeah. You know, like every single day feels like, oh my God, it, it's, yesterday feels like yesteryear. Um, and it's really fascinating how, because everything is new, everything is like, we've never been here before. It feels like it's, everything is just stretching. So when you said six months, six months, mm. two days feels like ages. What's more six months? Add your kids into the mix. Tell me about it. It'll be like, feel like oh God. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of um, Fortnite going on at my house. Well, I always thought anyone who ever, criticizes teachers you know spend six weeks with your kids over the summer and you soon have a lot of gratitude for teachers so i think if that goes on for longer than this then uh, yeah i think we'll all be uh, grateful for when schools come back um We've got a message here from dawn all the way from costa rica oh, amazing yeah she's uh she says massive impact so dawn banks uh, she came to us came with us to india uh on the first ashram trip was that right uh, that was it with kumaran wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah, the first ever ashram, good five years ago now. Yeah. Um, now she's out in Costa Rica uh, running a, a bed and breakfast and on the beach. But as you can imagine, with a business like that... I think it's an amazing boutique hotel, Carlos. It's not a bed and breakfast. I don't think it's doing it justice. It's got like an amazing pool, like <laughs> cocktails and you know, jungle. <laughs> Sorry, Dawn. Yeah, I'm not the salesman here, Lawrence. Is. Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I bet they're feeling the pinch. Oh my God. Well, she says at least they have a full bar and restaurant. <laughs> Thankful for small mercies. Small mercies, small mercies. And Anya says, my God, this week has been a long year. <laughs> I do like that. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Um, but yeah, I, th I was thinking about this and I don't know how you're coping with kids and how to, if they've questioned you a lot about all of this. But yeah, I'm wondering how much the kids, for those of you that have kids, pick up on this stuff and whether they're just in their bubble and don't think too much depends what age they are, I guess. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious how this impacts them, um, over the coming weeks and months. And I was actually talking to, um, uh, I think my chiropractor today and he was really worried about his kids, um, mm. because of there's, there are stories and emotions and feelings that they're going to be exposed to that they have no idea of how to process. And how that's going to get locked into them hmm. for when they're older. So he was saying, you know, are they going to like be super anal about um, washing hands hand. now? Yeah. Because from now on, there's this fear connected with COVID. Or yeah. are they going to hate hearing happy birthday? <laughs> the weird thing. I don't know if you've got that outside of the UK, but yeah, we've been told to sing happy birthday twice while we, sing, while we wash our hands. So yeah, it just sounds a bit creepy to me, you know, when we think it's happy birthday. So yeah, I don't know. Just like you said, are we going to have a whole generation of like OCD children? Well, actually, Simon's just saying his eldest is supposed to sit at GCSEs. Hmm. Like that, you know, you're talking about before, what does this mean in terms of, well, how is it going to change the system? But then also what impact is it going to have on the short term for people who are trying to go through this system? Um, yeah. And yeah, I was, I was thinking about that as well, because you know, you come out of this is like, what, A, how they're going to do the grades, but then five years time, you're going for a job. And they say, what GCSEs did you get? Oh, you were in the COVID years. Yeah. Are they going to say, cool, COVID years in, we're going to forget about that. Or, oh my God, you only got this grades when next year you could have got those grades and they're not, they're going to forget about this. That's, that's going to be a bizarre time. Or, or maybe, you know, those are the years where people used to measure like your education in, in exams. How bizarre is that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, 
we've we've employed people in the past. I don't think I've ever looked at anyone's, you know, what they got with a degree. Never mind what they got in their GCSEs. So again, maybe if they want to know that stuff, you probably don't want to work there. Mm. Um, there was a couple of things I was thinking about. Money came up. So I think the fear with all of this is obviously the health and the risk to anyone. First and foremost, our, our well-being is the most important thing. But obviously, it's the impact, the social impact of this stuff, isn't it? About the money system. Once we all, you know, feel the pinch, then it's the ripple effect of that, isn't it? And so there's, I think there's a lot of fear around that too. Like you said, around um, when, when there's uncertainty in whether it's in the markets or in, you know, the movement of money. When money stops to be moved around, I think that's when things start to uh, become a bit more risky for everyone. Um, so, yeah, I think that's another thing. And we found this too, obviously, the work we do. And some of you have probably been in some of those workshops where money comes up. We've all got our own kind of view on that and how does uncertainty and security and all the safety, all these things come into play when we're faced to it. And, and that's the thing as well is there, even those that are in salary, salary positions who maybe always had that certainty, have maybe had that taken away from them. I mean, it's it's two levels for awesome. me. There's like the practical, um, so there's a very practical level of money flowing in a system. And I think if your, your blood stopped pumping around your body suddenly, even for a, you know, a couple of minutes, you'd feel it and there'd be a shock. So that's how I see about the system we work, whether you love it or not, the capitalist system works on money flowing around. So, you know, in my head, when I first thought about a lockdown, it's like, you need to buy a coffee. Cause if the coffee, if you don't buy a coffee, a coffee shop won't stay open. If coffee shops say won't stay open, they won't be buying bread from other. And if the bread shop isn't open, it's like this whole thing. If it doesn't circulate, hmm. you know, there, there's a problem. And then on top of that, what I hear you talking about is our money stories in terms of what does it mean when you feel like you're not having money coming in and how then you react with money going out. Because if money isn't coming in, you're not going to spend it. If you and then that affects the system. So it's yeah. like, oh, this. And it all comes down to the, the fear, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what you're talking about there. It's like <clears throat> our relationship to this thing and what it causes us in terms of the actions we create and the things that we do and, and also you, you can't yeah it's hard to say don't don't be scared when you don't know what's coming in next month and, and that's the reality for a lot of people um and i think you know all of us are facing uncertainty around this stuff it's like how can we try and try and like you said um be with a more positive view when we're not feeling it you know it's mm. for something um, I think Simon said living with less. I mean, I was thinking, I, I saw a thing the other day of what a ration looked like in the World War, Second World War. And it was just amazing how small it was, like a, an egg and a slice of bacon. This is for a week. Um, and if you look at it, it was most likely because people were probably growing, growing their own fruit and veg, um, probably breaking their own bread. Because ultimately, again, it comes back down to what can you control? So I, I imagine there'll be a lot of us who start to look at being more sustainable and, and consistent, self-sufficient in terms of how we live. Um, so like you said, I want a, I want a red pepper. How can I grow one of those myself rather than having to depend on the local grocers? So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see again, how that evolves too, in terms of how we all have to simplify in some way and maybe become a bit more local and, and support each other and grow our own food. Maybe. I hope not. I'm shit at gardening. <laughs> maybe you haven't done enough of it. Maybe that's no, something no, no. It's not my zone of genius. I've accepted that a long time ago. Back in the day when my parents say, go and rake the garden. No, <sighs> I was traumatized by a rake and grass and hay fever. So yeah, I know that isn't my zone of genius. Um, it's interesting that about the whole, <clears throat> um, you know, going back to the simple life and simple things. Uh, I relate to a conversation I was having with, with someone about their parents, about how they were less worried and less scared mm. than we felt they should be. Yes, there's a, uh, there's a physical risk in terms of getting ill, but in terms of what's happening, um, we were talking about some of our parents have lived through wars and they've lived through extreme hardship. And they're like, you know, this is, they, they've, they've experienced real difficulty. Mm. And so when difficulty comes up again, it's like, well, we'll get through it. We'll be able to deal with it. As opposed to, I think, some of our kids and maybe some of younger people, even us, we haven't really had that major issue that we've had to struggle through. Mm. And so there's not 
a kind of yeah resilience Beth's talking about resilience like that it feels like um and I was talking to uh Dirk Bischoff from mm-hmm. Hatch and on the podcast is going to come out soon about resilience and resilience comes from this kind of continuous it's not sound it doesn't sound great but you're continuously facing adversity when you always done that and you got through every single time you get to a point like throw anything at me and I'll be able to deal with it because I've, I've survived. Um, yeah. So it feels well, like this yeah. is a conditioning exercise as well. <laughs> I, I did start to feel, as soon as I started to get that sinking feeling, it was like summer camp two years ago, you know, talking of like going through <laughs> resilient situations. Thinking, oh, we got through that. We survived. Just. Oh, my God. But then you also go back to that point of, you know, how you felt then. Yeah. This, this is obviously a lot, a lot more... Uh, serious but it, there's the same feelings of like a sinking feeling you know that kind of like I'm sinking I'm drowning and I can't get out um, and I, I think the thing about old people I think you're right I mean my mum lives around the corner and she's just about approaching 70 she's like I'm not in the over 70s um, bracket yet but you are in August um, and and she she hangs out with a lot of people her age a bit older and I, I think it's great that they're resilient but I think that's also coming at the cost of them not understanding the risk of them going out and doing stuff so it's almost like lock up your nans I mean <laughs> we need to get to that point even my mum I've literally had to say you can't leave the house and I'm having to tell her you can't leave the house and and, and a great line from my uh, do- um, cousin who's a doctor in A&E in, in Leicester and his mum's a bit older than my mum. And, and he had to say to her, if you get ill, there's no beds for you and there's no one to look after you. And, that's what, and that was the reality. And that was the only way that she would stay at home. Mm. And, that's, and that's, this isn't even the peak. And that's yeah. him on the front line. And so they almost needed to hear that to know, you know, this isn't messing around. And it's great that you're resilient, but at the same time, there's a huge risk to you. So do be, don't be silly. Yeah, I think you've got to be pragmatic. I was talking to my parents. I called them up as soon as I heard about the potential lockdown for, for over 70s. And I said, you okay? We've got everything. And my dad said, yeah, I've got my books. We've got rice. We've got pasta. Bags of it. Don't worry. And also, your brother's given us his Netflix, Netflix account, so we're sorted. All right. <laughs> and so I, I was like, oh, my good. God, how are they going to deal being socially isolated for all this time? I was like, no, actually, they are hermits and they enjoy, they're fine. I'll get through it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he gave, um, he gave them all the drugs that he confiscated. from people. <laughs> my, my brother's a policeman, not a drug dealer. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I've lost my train of thought now. After that. <laughs> the, thought of, the thought of your dad sitting there smoking a bifter. Um, but yeah, I think it's that thing. If they used to, I think Simon put something like, or someone put, posted something about reading books and switching off from social media. It's like, yeah, slowing down, reading stuff. Um, yeah, basically. And the other thing is, like, what if the internet went down? Oh my god, <laughs> what would happen then? <laughs> um, talk about basic needs. Um, yeah, I've threatened my kids that Netflix and gaming is not allowed during the day because you know servers are struggling. So it's important that people have to work. From and home. people need to do Facebook lives. You can't be clogging up the system <laughs> when you're trying to get the word out. Exactly. Gary Barlow has to get his music out to the masses. We can't not have that happen. Um, Shall we? Shall we invite in some? Some? Yeah, you know, I, I'd be I'd be curious to get people's thoughts. And actually, um, if anyone wants to 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 you know, has something they'd like to share or they have a question, um, please unmute yourself. Uh, and actually, well, actually, one thing I wanted to say before we dive into that is just about the events because some of you have probably been asking, and we did share a bit last week when we talked about this. Ah. Uh, so we have uh, made the decision to postpone altitude until later in the year probably October. Um, but again, that might evolve. But yeah, for those that have signed up and those that were interested, yeah, it was the only thing to do. Really. We didn't really have a decision to make on that. Um, yeah, and- well, it'd be interesting, that whole conversation, because we had a quite lengthy conversation around this. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping it is useful for other people who are thinking about who were in that space, because uh, on one hand, I was very much of in the camp of like i want altitude to happen and i have no idea what's going to happen next and and until we really know what what the state of play is it feels like if you cut something off prematurely you know maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel we don't know and and as much as you know in the face of the data and what people are saying now we know that actually it was never going to happen but actually beyond that beyond the actual practicalities of borders closing and government diktats 
there was also the feeling like actually it feels icky trying to sell something when you're not sure it's going to happen. And I think that's where it came from more our decision is like, how can we push something? How can we really authentically sell something when you are feeling conflicted? Yeah. And also for me, it's, it's, there's just no debate. You can't, you can't do that. And number one, but number two, for those that already signed up, there's a lot of uncertainty. In it. Seeing it. Thank you for joining us. Um, there's, there's um, a fear of like, I don't want to leave the country and leave my family behind in case I can't get back. And, and that's the news now. So for us, it was, it was that. It was just like, let's not even add to the overwhelm, add to the anxiety for those already signed up to, to even think about taking time away from family at the moment. Um, and also for us too, just that mental space of like, if we're doing it, then let's kind of focus on it. And if we're not going to do it, let's not do it. And let's just postpone it. So I think for us, it was just easier to say, okay, let's just take a hit and, and kind of. Well, saying that I wouldn't say easy. It's, it's, it it can be incredibly painful, you know, from a financial uh, business point of view, it isn't a, it isn't like we're blase. It's like, yeah, cancel that. And we're, it's going to be easy. And I think there are people out there who are going to have to make really big decisions that are really about what I'm trying to get is like, they can be very values aligned, but it doesn't make them easy. No, no. And and the same with summer camp. I mean, we're um, at the moment, it's still going ahead, but you know, the very real thing is no, no events company is going to be insured for this. Um, And we certainly won't be. So, you know, events are a huge part, most of our revenue. And so if we take those away, then obviously that's, that's massive for us. Um, The the only good side for us is like, luckily these days we don't have full-time staff. We don't have overheads in terms of an office. But we do have families and we have, you know, we want to grow this thing. We want this to be, to be, to help more people. Um, but at the very, like going back to altitude is like, I think that was easier because it was much more in the sort of front of our view. It's much closer. And so that decision was easier to make and it's a big chunk of time for people. Um, but like you said, it doesn't, doesn't make it easy to make these decisions because, you know, it's the heart and the head. But for me, it was easier, like you said, because I wouldn't want to commit to something for June. So I wouldn't expect anyone else to. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this is, this is, I think, part of, for me, this idea of, how to put it, you, because you know it's the right thing to do, you, your head then switches into, okay, done, closed. I'm not going to regret that decision, even though it's going to be painful. I can now focus on solutions and opportunities and, and the next step forward rather than feeling oh man everything's crumbled now because we're not able to do that mm. uh, and i i just wanted to basically acknowledge that we can do that we're in that space we've done it before we shut down a whole agency that was making money because we believed we wanted to do something else uh, and it was and that i think that's that part of that conditioning thing that actually all right we've worked out that we can make those decisions I think there's some people out there, even co-founders out there, that would be a really tough thing call to make mm. because you both have to really agree on that and you have to both really believe in that. And if one person's thinking, shit, that's really going to screw us up and there's no way forward. And the other one's thinking, yeah, we'll be fine. It's all cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that could really ruin things for them. Uh, yeah. And, and like you said, going back to money, I mean, it's like each of us have our own view on that and they feel the pinch in different ways. and so. You know, me and you don't agree on everything. And so, you know, we have to come to a point where we, we're making the decisions for the right reasons and for the reasons we understand, not because, like you said, it's been forced on us or because um, someone else says it's the right thing to do. We need to believe in it together. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing is when we do that and we're tight, then everything will work out. And we'll, we'll, we'll be fine in some way. Yeah. But um, I think if we're not and we're not aligned and there's any doubt in that, then that will be where things yeah. you know, Exactly. Well, this was my opportunity to actually say, this is wrong decision. All right, this is fucked. We're stopping right now. I'm going to start another company, please. Exactly. Uh, Actually, Dawn actually made an interesting question here. Maybe weren't clear enough. She's asking, are you not postponing with the money paid that can be applied to the date that it may happen? Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned that. The the, the plan is to postpone altitude, not cancel. Yes. Yeah. At the moment, the plan is to move it to October. Um, so yeah, I'm just waiting for dates from the, the people who run the chalet. And so that, you know, assuming everything is back to normal by then, then that will go ahead. If it's not, then we'll obviously look at rescheduling it for maybe early next year. Cool. So yeah, uh, 
with all of this is, is this is kind of our opportunity to share what's going on with us and how yeah. we're trying to deal with it hopefully a to keep people informed but also b to anyone else in the similar situation mm. i'd be really curious to hear how you're trying to handle it how you're trying to manage yeah essentially keeping a business going when when there's a lot of fear in the house and the other thing i'll just add is like a the impact that has on other people so like claire who was going to come and work with us for the week um, arno who's going to do our adventures you know this is this hurts because it impacts on other people and their livelihoods in, in the short term at least um the other thing with summer camp is you know we want it to go ahead we're going to do everything we can to make it happen but we're having to have conversations with all of our suppliers because we don't know if any of them will be in business and that's that's the really mad thing is you know the tp company the bell tent company you know these guys rely on festivals and weddings and outdoor events and they're not going to be able to function over the next few months so you know, there's so many moving parts with this stuff that, you know, you can't even predict what's going to happen next week, never mind in six months time. So all we're trying to do like this is have conversations with everyone at an early stage so that everyone knows where everyone's coming from. And we all try and support each other through this. Um, because like you said, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of um, worry about this stuff, which again is out of our control. Uh, and I think that hit the nail on the head there for me is like, while there's fear and uncertainty out there, the, the, I believe the best way to counteract that is to have more conversations, more honest conversations about what we're going through, what we're feeling, not to increase the panic, but just to show that we're all in it in the same, we're all in the same boat and we're all coming from this particular place and to have a safe space for those conversations. So we don't yeah. feel like I can't say anything because they're going to be judged or someone's going to panic and say, Oh, they're going under or something like that. Now this is more of a, we need to be able to talk more yeah. about what's really going on for us as, as founders and business owners and yeah. freelancers. I'm just trying not to check the um, finance situation. <laughs> just like if you talked about a pause, maybe just like park that for a couple of weeks and yeah, try not to add to the anxiety when you just like remove a bunch yeah. of numbers. <laughs> there is a practical and the thing is then when I think once you can check in with that, there are practical things that we, you need to do. You have to practically find, you know, do some number crunching you have to practically plan things out uh, but i think when we are at a space where we can see this you know we're clear about the decision we're going to make then we can start you know there's going to be painful decisions that have to be made as well later but at least they're they're done from a space of a bit more level-headedness than panic and yeah. we can like accept those and there's you know there's financial planning that needs to be required which i've heard a few people ask like you know how do I plan for the next situation and, and the potential money going down and things like that? that? That's a real visceral need, it feels. Yeah, but I guess on the plus side, we'll all be spending a lot less. <laughs> Certainly nights out. But on that note, join our virtual pub tomorrow night. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, there's the virtual pub. Um, do, do, yeah, does anybody have any kind of questions or thoughts given what we've spoken about? We'd be really curious to hear more from, from you and what your experiences are. Um, how, how it's going for you as a business even or, or actually how you've been feeling? Um, I think we've had quite a few people get in touch and sort of ask us about sort of going online because obviously we do a lot of on, a lot of stuff online anyway. And um, yeah, a lot of people are kind of stuck in this catch-22 thing, I think, of they want to be online and doing lots of stuff and because that's where they see all the activity. I mean, I, I don't think LinkedIn's ever been so busy um, with, with people posting, but everyone's now suddenly, I think, panicking, like, ah, how do I get involved in this thing I should have been doing for years but suddenly actually need to be doing. But then they're also balancing that with running the business keeping the money coming in and yeah, I think it's just a time of everybody feeling like they've got to do everything at once. Um, and what you've been saying has resonated a lot. I think of just actually taking a step back and taking a deep breath and just thinking, do you know what? I don't need to do everything today. I can mm. space this out a bit. There's going to be time for this and you need to focus on, on the most important thing first, I think. So that's what we've been sort of talking to clients about is, you know, don't just throw everything at this at once, just chill out, you know, take a step back and absorb it for a bit and take the temperature of it, I think, before diving head into throwing everything at it. Mm -hmm. so. Have you been managed to, to cope with that? Well, cope with that 
uncertainty and fear yourself, you know, because some people can't cope as well. I don't know. Have you got practice? Have you got a way of looking at the world that, that you feel is easier for you? Um, I think we've sort of, um, we've definitely been on the receiving end, uh, like you were saying earlier, of like having to completely re-pivot a business. Like a few years ago, we did very similar to you guys. We closed down our agency and, um, well, I said, rather than closed down, we massively restructured it. And um, that taught us a lot about, you know, focusing on what's important and making sure you've always got a clear path of where you're going. And I think that's helped us a lot. So me and Ben actually met up, my business partner, we met up a few weeks ago and actually thought about what we wanted to do and how we wanted to restructure the agency a little bit, even from where it is now. And uh, one of the things we wanted to do was work from home a little bit more and try not to do so much on Fridays. And um, within a week, we've achieved our goal. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we're kind of now rapidly having to work out how to do what we do, um, but without necessarily going into an office or most of our lead generation comes from meeting people. So it's hard when you're not meeting people and bumping into people in the office and having those chats so I think it's important to have conversations like this and virtual meetups and you know stuff like that I think is really gonna change the way businesses work so I'm trying to view it as an exciting time to change how we do what we do rather than see it as everything's changing and we've got to catch up I think this is a little bit like Lawrence was saying with exams you know this is a time to refocus and re-examine what we what we do and how we do it uh, in business in general, I think. Mm. I also wonder like, whether, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, a bit like the program we're running, like I get a feeling that this would be an opportunity for people to create and create could be anything from writing a book to creating a product. And mm. so maybe with you guys, it could be like, yeah, it's looking at what products can you create in this, in this period mm. that harness your knowledge of however many yeah. years. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's, that's the opportunity, I think, is, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we're doing is just focusing on the opportunity rather than the, rather than the sort of like, ah, I mean, yeah. for us at the moment, we're working with some clients who are wanting to stay visible and wanting to do what they do. And they've got a lot of work that they need to deliver and they're not luckily not too affected. They will be affected a bit, but not, not hugely. So we're, we're feeling very fortunate in, in that sense. But yeah, I think we're definitely trying to look at how we can turn this into an opportunity to evolve the business um, mm. and uh, yeah I think it, it, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how how everyone gets through it um, the phrase know. forced reset springs to mind it's like control out delete yeah. blue screen yeah. of death spinning yeah. a little doom is like shit we're just gonna mm. have to switch it off and on again yeah yeah exactly and I think that's that's it isn't it it's it's trying to make sure that that, that people see that they I, th I think a lot of people have the ability to be okay on the other side of that but it, it, it I, I feel for a lot of businesses who revolt who um, rely on footfall you know it's like you know how do you reinvent a coffee shop well you you don't it's either a coffee shop or it's not do you know what I mean but there must be something I think a lot of people out there are going to need to yeah. make huge changes and yeah I, I'm I think it's going to be, it must be very daunting. So I certainly feel for a lot of those people, but also I, I, I kind of feel like a lot of people who don't necessarily know what kind of community is available online. Mm. They're going to be very, I hope they're going to be very pleasantly surprised to kind of dust off that LinkedIn login and get on there and go, Oh my word, look at all this cool stuff that's going on and people making stuff and doing stuff and sharing well, ideas. And also all, that, all, all the things that will appear now as well, like everyone, having to go online, you know, every, mm -hmm. every artist, um, you know, Joe Wicks wants to be the nation's PE teacher, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff like exactly. that is crazy. Like suddenly you've got like access to all these celebs and, um, potentially best to breed for, for whatever you want to do. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. um, yeah, I think, uh, well, it sounds like mighty networks is very busy at the moment because I think everyone's probably starting their communities and mm -hmm. looking at ways to build community in different ways. Um, but going back yeah. to your point, I feel people like Chris, you know, Chris from Good Things, mm. like I can imagine their businesses overnight has probably just dropped, you know, because they supply bars, restaurants, you know, it's just mm. crazy. So, um, so yeah, I think it's 
basically, how do you, I think Carla said before, how do we all stay in the game? I think that's the mm. important thing, not necessarily reimagine the business for now, but just stay in the game so that we're all together. So we come out of this stronger rather than, you know, a few winners and everyone else lose. Mm. Gosh, thanks, Simon. Really appreciate that. No worries. Any, anyone else? But, but how's it going with your community? How, how are you finding it? Yeah, it's a, an interesting time. So the community's focused on supply chain professionals. So mm. you can imagine they are very busy right now. So um, the community itself is relatively quiet because they're all in contingency planning, crisis planning, kind of, you know, doing these things. Um, and for me, yeah, it was that initial panic of, oh no, the bottom's fallen out of the world. It's catastrophic. That means the whole business model doesn't work. It's like, no, 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 hold on just a minute. Actually, um, it's just for right now and it's been a process I think for me personally of um, learning to be okay with ambiguity and uncertainty um, I haven't mastered that yet but you know it's it's a learning opportunity for that um, and the encouraging thing is seeing actually I shared one of those stories earlier about the good news stories of being able to be connected and sharing what's happening um, and how people are coping with things and you know that that's uh, from from my community how they're doing that for their supply chains so you know how are retailers coping how are manufacturers coping how are transportation services cope they're all kind of sharing ideas on that um i think we're just scratching it at the moment it's going to be once we get into a new normal that then we can really start to learn from what everybody's been doing mm. there's going to be a massive you know learning curve and sharing and you know being able to do that through in a connected way is great um, mm. and also from all different parts of the world so we have members in china and it's really interesting to hear now where they are and this is a good news story that they're kind of on the other end of you know where hopefully we'll be in a few weeks time to see at it is possible um so this whole connected virtual world is yeah well we know right because we're a part of it right now uh, there's enormous value but yeah it's just echoing what everybody else has said about taking a deep breath and i think because we're kind of i have kind of been addicted to twitter and having moment by moment update it's not good um and sort of you know trying to step back from that and actually take that breath and say actually next week is another week mm. um yeah so all mm. sorts of things going on but thank you for setting this up it's great to talk and connect with other people well thanks also for sharing where you're at um yeah it's quite interesting when you talk about the community you've got having it there for people but they are now in crisis mode they are in they're having to to fix things and and cope with things so having that space to actually share information isn't necessarily the best time now because they are so busy mm. yeah but i know that that will come um because for now it's almost just like step back and let them do what they need to do same yeah. with healthcare professionals you know we just, we need to enable them and support them to do what they need to do mm. right now and then in a you know whatever the timeline is then we can kind of consolidate and say okay how can we move forward together mm. um but it is yeah you know store um, we're going to learn so many stories of innovation and yeah things that we couldn't do before now suddenly we can because we've had to you know force through sort of i think they call it creative despair you know <laughs> that when you've hit rock bottom suddenly it spurs off all these kind of thoughts of yeah whether it is writing a book or a play or changing the way you run your business you mm. know we're all being forced to to think in different ways and collaborate yeah yeah a big part We've of been, we're forced out of our comfort zones of doing the same thing again and again it's like actually we have to change yeah nice well that's really good to hear awesome thanks Beth. cool juan i'm curious to know what's going on with you because uh, obviously you do a lot of events and in-person things catch you later simon Thank you for Cheers, Simon. joining Thanks, us. Uh, well, actually, I'm, uh, it's, it's kind of everything is frozen because I had a lot of um, my, my goals for this year were actually working with large cruise liner operators. And uh, <laughs> that business is uh, frozen. Um, and they caught me in the, the situation caught me in the middle of price negotiation. So not even with a, with a green light, uh, this is going to happen and, and, and we can start in next, you know, in May or 
So it was in the middle of the negotiation and uh, the discussion. So, so absolutely frozen. But um, my take, what I'm, what I'm doing is exactly a little bit probably what other people are doing, which is I'm focusing on rewriting, uh, rethinking the website to be kind of ready for, for, for when things get back to normal. Uh, and it's almost like uh, whenever we kickstart again, it's like kickstarting in January. <laughs> so, so this whole period will be a period of doing something um, positive, but uh, preparing for when things kickstart again. And, uh, and then whenever kickstart, whenever, whenever that is, will be the new January and the, the year will start there. <laughs> uh, that's my take. So I'm, I'm, I'm writing uh, the copy for my new website and, uh, and trying to also adapt. I mean, here in France, we, it's been already two weeks. You are going to be today in the UK. It's the last day of uh, kids at school. For us, it's been already two weeks. So I'm not going to say that we are experts, but two weeks uh, into the whole new family dynamics of uh, everyone working from home and kids having to do homework and establishing routines and it's doable mm. everyone will get there I mean because it's doable you just create different routines and uh, you shout a little bit more um, <laughs> that is, is guaranteed is that, is that teaching 101 from Juan <laughs> Just shout more. Uh, my son actually is listening here. So I'm very <laughs> to see what, what his take on this whole thing. Uh, yeah, we'll do a kid's call next. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, but, but well, I mean, <clears throat> there's no other way. We all need to do it. Uh, we all need to adapt. It's doable. The schools have, they sent work to do. So there, is, there are things to be done. Um, and then and, and we all set up different periods of uh, between you know my wife creates between 11 and 10 or whatever instead of creating a meeting for work she puts an hour to do homework and I do the same thing after lunch or whatever so we, we manage mm -hmm. so we will move forward with a more writing thinking or probably time that we didn't have and, and I will take I will take whenever everything starts again. I will take it as a new January. That, that's my thing. My can we have a can we have a virtual wine tasting with Juan? <laughs> we can definitely. We can definitely. Uh, th that's a good thing, actually. Yeah. The cellar is never is never empty. Yeah. So things to taste. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. One of the few things people haven't been stockpiling, as far as I'm aware. Exactly. Actually, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting the Pinot Grigios. Um, thanks, Juan. Uh, thanks, I'm mate. conscious that we're now, you know, yeah. uh, we, we scheduled about an hour for this and we'd like to do this on a regular basis. So this is a marathon for us. Uh, not so. so we're going to try and keep us paced. Uh, thank, hi, Diane. Thanks for joining us. Um, hi, thanks, Simon, for joining us. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Juan. Um, yeah, we'd like to do this on a regular basis, same time each Friday, midday. Felt like it went okay, Lawrence? Yeah, I think it's for others to say probably, but um, yeah, I think we'll probably get a bit more slick or maybe not. <laughs> oh, know, if, if they don't turn up, sod them. We'll turn up. <laughs> um, but no, it's great to see everyone. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it's so, like you said, each day feels like a year. So, you know, doing one each week feels right because there's so much to talk about. So, yeah. And we'll see we'll see where we're at next friday exactly but yeah maybe, maybe our new january <laughs> yeah I, I like that we're just putting january on hold yeah um but yeah hopefully the weather's going to brighten up next week we're going to feel a little bit better um, cool yeah and yeah just look out for more calls like this we've got another one on tuesday with the um we talk about that maybe quickly oh yeah so next tuesday <laughs> I've had a lot of people and I've seen a lot of stuff online about, you know, how can I get my business online? How can I transition to do the online stuff? Uh, rather than jump on a course and start doing stuff straight away, we're going to create a space for a conversation. It's like, is it actually worth doing? 
firstly you know maybe there's nothing you can do and and trying to do so much to do that uh, trying to put too many efforts into moving online might be the best case or it just takes a couple of things and you, you you'll be able to start trying stuff out online or it's more involved and it might be worth working with someone who actually can guide you through that process it's a space for a conversation around that and and it's themed so the idea is to just you know to make sure that the people who join yeah, they know what the conversation is going to be about and maybe they can contribute to each other's experiences. So that will be 3 p.m. next Tuesday. Uh, we'll probably share, we'll open it out to people beyond the community then. So we'll put it on the summer mm-hmm. camp group um, events uh, section and there'll be a link also onto Mighty Networks if you want to be on that. So that'll be then, uh, that'll be coming up. Next Friday, we'll have this at midday and then at 3 p.m., Lana wanted to offer her some knowledge and expertise on how to host uh, and facilitate online experiences like this. So she's had a lot of experience doing online training. Uh, She's also really um, an expert on this kind of just creating space. So it's not just about giving knowledge. It's also about making people feel comfortable and engaged online. She's an expert. She's amazing at it. So she, and she's got a a heart the size of a planet. She's just offering her time left, right, and center to people. I do worry for her. It's like, how much time and energy do you have, woman? But she's going to do that next Friday. So 3 p.m. I'll put again another link on the, on the Facebook group. And, and a big shout out to Lana because she's been amazing. On, she's been um, one of our coaches on the 2020 program. She's been, yeah, just a joy to have. She is, she is super, you know, so if you get in the chance, even just to be in a, in a space where it's amazing. So that'll be next Friday at 3 p.m. So and quickly this weekend, tomorrow, virtual pub, 7 p.m. Join Zoom. Bring yep. a beer, wine. There's, a, there's an event on the offering. Facebook group as well as the event. Uh, yeah, exactly. Works. It's an experiment, Chris, uh, Chris and mine idea. Basically, it was going to be us having a virtual drink, so why not invite everyone else? Um, no idea how it's going to work. Could be chaos, could be fun. Maybe bring a tune that you want to spin on the virtual um, jukebox. <laughs> um, and, yeah, let's see if it works. Let's see if we do another one. Exactly. Maybe. Well, uh, yeah, I think all of these online things, I think Victoria is also, Vicky on the, on the community wants to offer um, virtual yoga. yoga. Yeah, uh, yoga. I'm toying with the idea of kind of a chair fu, so some virtual kung fu. If anyone wants to do that, there'll be more kind of breathing exercises, no hitting anyone in the face. I've also uh, seen Z- Zumba. 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 Oh, look at that innovation in action. <laughs> um, but Sunday as well, Sunday at 8 p.m., um, Nathan and Ada are doing a sound healing journey, whatever you call it, thing. Gongs and, and instruments. Gongs uh, and bongs. Gongs and bongs. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your own bong. That would be awesome. I love that. Well, I just want to say thanks to Jeff, uh, Yanis, Emily, Jenny, Tom, Dawn, Claire, Ruth, Anya, my brother, Nick, <laughs> Martin, Victor, Shamash, Viviana. Uh, thank you all, Heidi, for joining us. And Apu, Apu just jumped on. Apu, I'm sorry, we're going to have to leave. Catch us again next Friday. Um, thank you all for joining us on Facebook. Thank you guys for joining us here. And the producers, the, the writers, <laughs> my parents, the queen. You know, it's, it's a collective effort. We're in it together. Exactly. All um, right, dudes. Can I, can I leave you with something a little bit rude? I just Are we going to say a poem? No. Well, oh. it's not quite that. It was just something I saw on Facebook. Someone said, when we imagine the apocalypse, it didn't involve feeding our toddlers and shaped, uh, oh, sorry, and summer's <laughs> cock shaped pasta in order to survive. Apparently, Ann Summers. Feeding our toddlers or feeling our toddlers? Feeding, sorry. Oh. Yeah, basically, you can get pasta in Man Summers, it's about the only place that's got it left. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and okay, on that on note, that note, and on that note, see you all. See you guys. Love. Ciao.